Hello and welcome everybody to Flicker Effect episode 375. We are recording this and broadcasting live on Sunday, August 15th, 2021. I'm David Lotz. Joining me as always is Bobby Jackson. Hey guys. David, did I just hear you right? Did you say it's episode 375? That's a nice little milestone. It 25 is. away from 400. We are, we are almost too, there. So, well. It is 375. You're right. Wow. Nice. Uh, also with us is Yasha Wilson. Hey, 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 everybody. How's it going? Good. How's it going? Welcome aboard, guys. Super. Man, I'm still like a little bit thrown back by that. <laughs> Throw it off. I mean, that's that's uh, because uh, that's a lot when you really sit back and think about 375 shows. And it's not like we always get to record every weekend like we would like to. No. So the fact that we've done 375 is, is well, I haven't done 375. <laughs> I don't know what number I joined uh, the crew on, but um, <laughs> you've done 375. So I that's pretty think, amazing. I want to say there was one or two episodes at least that you did without me That's or fair. Michelle yeah, did without me, true. I think. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess you could say I'm easily the person who's been there for the most. <laughs> I've been there for <laughs> yeah, almost right. all of them. <laughs> um, and that's not counting like little bonus special episodes we've mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Carlton and I first started it, we did like three or four, like we called them like beta test episodes that we didn't count. So we're probably already really past 400 if you want to be real, but um, technically, yeah. yeah. I like the 375 count. Like, I, I mean, I know that I haven't done 375 episodes. Um, I think that's uh, I think that's huge. I think Bobby was right to kind of point that out. It's it's yeah. it's a big big milestone, and it's kind of interesting to hear that number yeah. as we creep towards 400. Yeah, I thought about it when I was typing it in, like to you know get the show ready, and I'm like, oh yeah, 375. Yeah, it's. I, I what like so if we did an episode every week, like twenty five weeks from now, when is that? When we when would we hit four hundred? That's I'm not great at math. That's about six months from now. Is it around? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So anyway, yeah, we're at three seventy five. We've done a bunch of these. Uh, um, <laughs> and uh, let's get moving along. Um, I mean, first thing I wanted to mention, uh, it was a somewhat return to normalcy, even as things turned to shit here in Florida. I went to my, I think, I guess this was my first comic book convention I went to today since the pandemic. I don't think I've been to one since. Um, It's Megacon here in Orlando this weekend. And um, I was torn about going. I mean, if you had asked me a couple of months ago, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to take the kids. My daughter had never been to a convention, so this is going to be the first one I was going to take her to. And uh, and then, yeah, things have not been going great with the pandemic here in Florida. And I was kind of going back to, yeah, maybe we won't go. But once I saw that there was indeed a mass mandate at the convention, I felt comfortable enough that I took the kids today. And, uh, I mean, you know, since I had two young kids with me. Uh, we didn't do any panels or anything, but still, it was nice to go back to a convention, especially because I, I do plan on going to Dragon Con in well, a couple weeks from now. Uh, so, 
MegaCon was like a nice, uh, it's like a like a pre-show <laughs> going to Dragon Con mm-hmm. soon. So that was nice. I just thought I'd bring that up. Um, but did you pick up anything on uh, Free Comic Book Day? Dude, I didn't even know Free Comic Book Day was happening. <laughs> I'll be honest. You sent a message to all yeah. of us yesterday about it. And what's funny about that is I was out and about at one point with the kids. And where we were, we were close to the one comic bookstore that I would, I kind of go to the most. And it crossed my mind. I was like, oh, should we go to the comic book store? Yeah, I think the kids are good. And I think we're going to go do something else or head home. And we didn't go. And then I saw your message later. And I'm like, damn it. should have gone. But uh, did you? Did you, either of you guys? I, I did not. No. Yeah. It's like you said, it, it kind of snuck up on me as well. I, I don't know when I saw initially that it was free comic book day. It was probably maybe a, a little bit earlier than when I sent the, the text because I hadn't seen anything, not really, leading up to it saying that free comic book day is coming this week. I, it, so I just really wasn't thinking about it. And when it happened, I was like, all right, I could probably go somewhere. But at this point, by me knowing about it at this time, it's either going to be uh, slim pickings or the lines will be super long. And right. usually if I'm going to a free comic book day, I'll try and get there nice and early uh, so I can be able to get some of the stuff that's available that I want to get and to also be able to kind of get in and get out once everything uh, yeah. they're ready to go. So uh, by the time I knew uh, that it was really there and happening, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to be able to get what I want. And so uh, I just kind of missed out on it for this year, unfortunately. Yeah, too. When you when you sent the article, I opened it up. I forget what was like a variety article or something, I think. And hmm. um, I'm scrolling through it, trying to find the date. I was thinking that was talking about like it got, you know, comic book mm. day got dated for the future sometime, maybe this fall. And I'm scrolling back and through, like, all over the article going, when the hell is it? And I finally realized they're talking <laughs> anyway. about it like, oh, this is today. Oh, well, that's not happening. Yeah, yeah it was definitely too yeah. late. I wasn't heading back out to go. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, as for me, busy week. Uh, did not see much. Um, I was going to mention, though, just, I mean, I'm. I'm up to date on the White Lotus, which is airing its uh, season one finale tonight, which I'm really pumped about now. This is a show that, uh, you know, I started off really skeptical on. I was like, yeah, I watched the first episode. I was like, I'll give it a shot. I'll at least maybe watch the first three. And as each episode is aired, I feel like it's gotten better and better. And I'm definitely I can't wait to watch the episode that's airing tonight. I probably actually won't get to see it, unfortunately, until tomorrow night. But. Mm. Uh, I can't wait. That's that's what I got this week. Is that really the only thing you had a chance to? Yeah. I mean, well, you didn't have a chance to see it because you're caught up um, on it. But I mean, nothing new. I, w- I mean, one one thing that has been out for a while now that I I could comment on. I watched last night with the kids. Um, we were trying to figure out a movie to watch to kind of have a movie night. We could not figure out anything. Couldn't agree on anything. And I think we were watching something, I don't know on what channel, and an ad aired that they were going to be showing that night, um, the house with a clock in its walls. Mm. And I was like, oh. I haven't heard of that one. Yeah, yeah it was, uh, I think Eli Roth directed that one. Um, yeah. 
based on a book, I believe. Mm -hmm. And um, Jack Black is in it. Uh, Kate Blanchett. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, oh, have you guys watched this? No. Hey, let's watch this. Well, we don't watch it on TV. I rented it. And we just did a stream so we don't have to deal with commercials. And uh, I mean, I kind of knew what we were getting into. And I'm, I'm watching this movie with a nine-year-old and a six-year-old. And the, for the nine-year-old, it was fine. <laughs> for the six-year-old, yeah, like, I mean, it's a movie mm -hmm. that I guess is definitely a kid's movie. Um, but I would argue it is for older kids. The, some of the imagery in That's it. That's what I've heard. Some of the imagery in it is a bit scary. <laughs> For, for yeah. almost any kids, like I would argue, uh, <laughs> but yeah, there was definitely stuff that my daughter was like, "Why are we watching this?" And I'm like, eh, "Just avert your eyes for this part of that part." But um, I don't know. I thought that was worth mentioning. That I, I wasn't too surprised by that. I feel like I had heard the same thing back when that movie was released. I don't even know how long ago yeah. that was at this point. It feels like it wasn't that long, and it was probably five years ago for all I know. Um, right. I don't think it's that old. I don't think it's that old. I'm it's between three and five. I I, I don't. I, I'm thinking three years, but it could yeah. be within that realm. Yeah, of three to five. I don't have it in front of me right now, but it was. Uh, yeah, for a six year old, that was 2018. Was a bit, bit much. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. So yeah. Other than that, and White Lotus, I don't think I have anything else this week. Well, before we then jump into all the different things we've had a chance to see, <laughs> uh, one thing that I will mention that uh, made its debut this week, and I, oh. since you, David, didn't see it. No, I'm and I meant to watch that today. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, you're saying um, that. So you already I'm, know what I'm going to say. Yeah, I'm reacting this way because I, I really planned on get, coming back from Megacon today. We were going to watch that, and I completely forgot until you mentioned it just now. I'm like, oh, man. Mm. So, yeah, I know what you're going to say. So, I'm, of course, <laughs> talking about What If, yeah. <laughs> uh, the new Marvel series on Disney Plus that's um, animated series that has this premise of different universes that happen and you change something that we know from the, the normal MCU universe and what would happen if you change this thing and how would that maybe trickle down and, and affect anything else within the story that we know. And within this series, a lot of the people who were the actors in these movies have come back to do the voice acting. Uh, this particular first episode was with Peggy Carter. And instead of Steve Rogers becoming Captain America, Peggy Carter does, and she's called Captain Carter and wears the British emblem of the flag and, and that kind of whole motif for her character. And she uh, Haley Atwell does the voice for Peggy Carter, along with a lot of other people who did their voices. Um, I don't believe. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that we didn't get um, Chris uh, Chris Evans. All of a sudden, his Evans. Chris Evans. Yeah, Chris Evans. He didn't. He didn't have his voice there. So, don't know why they they haven't said any reasons specifically why uh, certain actors weren't returning to do their voices. My guess is probably a money thing, but who knows? So, this first episode, I thought the animation of it. 
I, I like this animation. I, I think it has a, a realistic look to the way that the actors look in the movies. So it, it provides that realism. And it reminds me of those um, those old Superman cartoons. The What was it? Max Fleischer or something? I can't. Sorry if I'm getting that name wrong. Yeah, I have to try and look it up um, when I can. But that animation style, that it kind of reminds me of that. And I really thought that this first episode was a good, solid start and in introduction into what the What If series can be. Uh, this it didn't, it doesn't veer too far into a, a fantastical way in terms of if you change this thing and how many wild things would happen. It really almost feels like you just swapped out Chris Evans and. Um, is Steve Rogers for Peggy and pretty much a lot of the things unfold the way that we've seen. So it's not really a specifically hugely different take on what we've seen and what we know from Captain America, the first Avenger. It's just what if it was Peggy doing all these things really? And so it it provides a, a, a good sort of foundation for what the show is, but not what I think the show will be. Uh, I've heard from people that have seen the first three episodes, a lot of the reviewers and critics and and movie pundits got a chance to see the first three episodes. And from what I hear, uh, one, the two things that seem to resonate the most is that each episode seems to get better than the last, but also that by the third episode, they really take that aspect of what they're doing and what if and make it something truly uh, interesting and unique as opposed to just kind of like tweaking one thing here or there or dropping in a character to do this one thing that the other character didn't. And so I think that as the series goes on, it will play with that a little bit more. We already know from the news that they're getting a second season and from the other things that the the the, the people behind the series have said is that that Captain Carter will show up in the second season and in probably subsequent seasons. So they will continue her story thread there as well. So I thought that first episode is a good solid start for anyone who wants to get into it and check it out. But I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what more that they do with the premise. Did you watch it, Yasha? I did. And I agree with Bobby. Um, a lot. I, I thought it was the storyline for this one was just okay. Um, and probably just because it was such a very simple tweak when it comes to the, um, the what if uh, profile or a storyline as you would um, making that really subtle change to like change the entirety uh, story for some of these characters. Well, it was small and it was fractional when it comes down to it, but it still caused a huge ripple effect in this multiverse thing that they're trying to get everybody used to the idea of. Um, I thought the story was just okay. I mean, it was cute. It was fine. Not much had changed. M- my excitement really came from the animation because it's absolutely beautiful. Like, it's just next level stunning. Like, I was wildly impressed with the animation, and I can't say enough good things about it. But it was it was great. And, I mean, I really enjoyed that. And I, if, I haven't read everything that Bobby, I'm sure, has read, but I'm if it's... If that's true, and you know, I, I totally expect some really, really, I totally expect some really, really awesome stories and some really awesome transitions for these characters. 
And I mean, if that's what the what if story was kind of based on, I mean, they did a really good job of that. And the comics um, really making huge changes, leaps and bounds when it comes to some of these characters. So I'm really looking forward to seeing if they kind of be, get to get to be that aggressive with this storyline or if they're just going to make it very, very user friendly because some of the what if storylines are not user friendly and they are not yeah. gentle in the, in regards to how much they change. They, they take a really, really aggressive approach of making something creative. Um, just off the top of my head, some of them was like, what if um, the Hulk killed Wolverine? I think is one. What if Wolverine became Lord of the Vampires? Like, I mean, they really go after some really deep changes when it comes to some of that stuff. So I'm really excited to see where they go with the storylines and address it and what they really do, because it should be a lot of fun. And if they stay true to the creativeness of the comics, we're in for something special. It's going to be really, really fun. Because also... Like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it, just continuation, but it's like when it comes to the animation, it offers so much more freedom to basically make things fantastical than what they do sometimes in the, the movies. You know, like, at least that's kind of what I found when it comes to some of the animated stuff. They can kind of stay a little bit truer to the characters and what they can do, even though in the today's day and age and special effects, they can pretty much do whatever they want. But with some of these animations, like, it should be a lot of fun. So I'm excited. And what it's my understanding, looking right now, whether it's going to be a nine-episode run for this first season? Yeah. Does that sound right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. So, yeah, that's What If, which, again, kind of pissed at myself. I didn't see it. <laughs> but uh, I'll watch it soon. Um, what else have you guys watched? A uh, big movie this weekend was Free Guy, a uh, new Ryan Reynolds film. Um, I'm imagining both of you guys saw that. Yes. Any nods? Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, who wants to uh, take a crack at this one first? I'm curious. Not that I expect it to be bad, but I'm, I'm, I'm curious how, how good was it or was it not good? Bobby? Yasha? Who wants to do it first? Come on. Yeah, Bobby, you were out last week, so by all means, after you. Uh, I love Free Guy. I thought it was really awesome. I think I had a, a really good time watching it. Um, the things that I, I really felt that resonated with me as I was watching it was just uh, Ryan Reynolds is so funny and humorous as a as a as a, as a character in this, but just in general, in terms of like there's always that sense of Ryan Reynolds being Ryan Reynolds in some of the things that he does. But I think that a lot of times that works in his favor. I think, and and this is no exception. He's just very charming and likable and he's earnest and, 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 and innocent and everything in that makes him such a, a good character to root for in this movie. And I just found it feeling being like, I remember thinking as I was watching the movie, how, much in, it's sort of a feel-good movie and, and 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 i was thinking to myself as i'm watching it i'm like i wonder if this is how people feel when they're watching ted lasso because it just makes you, this movie just made me feel like good and it just there's no there's no um how do i say this uh it knows what it is and, and what it's going for and and it pulls it off in a way that I think that just 
really kind of nails the 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 ass the aesthetic of having a good time at the theater where some movies will try and go for that and maybe have mixed results and i think to me as as i was as i was watching it it, it kind of reminded me a little bit of jumanji the first movie how that kind of came out of nowhere and it had these video game aspects and things that spoke to players of video games and, and those little things that we enjoy about them. And I think this had a lot of those elements and obviously to a, to a bigger um, way, because the whole concept of this is there in this uh, playable video game and uh, everyone around the world is in tune to this game. It's, a worldwide hit and so a lot of people play it and you see the different things that they do within the movie that are things that you see when you're playing video games so there's those nods to it and and i think they do a really good job of capturing that and one of the other things i wanted to speak highly about is uh jody comer she the first thing i ever saw her in was um killing eve and then just from her being in that, I thought she was good. But the more I see her in, the more I feel like she's probably going to be one of those next big thing type people. Because she, everything I see her in, she she is so good in it and, and, and commits to. And um, unfortunately, I feel like she was kind of wasted in uh, the last Star Wars movie, Rise of Skywalker. Because she just had sort of nothing to do really with that part that she was given. So it's kind of almost like, man, they kind of wasted a chance with that actress in that franchise. But I feel like she's going to be in a big Marvel movie or a big DC movie at some point in her career. And it will just continue to, to blow up for her because the next thing after this, that she's in is that movie with uh, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. That I, the name escapes me at the moment, um, but that even that the trailer for that she looked like she was going to be a a very uh, centerpiece of a of a character in that in that in that movie, and so I think I'm looking forward to seeing how she is in that movie as well. And, but the last duel, I had to kind of look it up mm-hmm. at the same time. But she, I think she's going to be uh, uh, an actress that we'll hear a lot about as the years go by. But just overall, I, I really enjoyed this movie quite a bit and just thought it was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, it's not a mean-spirited movie. It's just very much the type of movie where, I don't know if you could take younger kids to it. There is some sort of uh, ideas of themes and, and, and certain things that are said that maybe wouldn't be appropriate for kids if they can kind of gauge and understand some of it, but some of it might kind of just go over their head. But the, the overall aspect of it, I I would say that it's just a movie that is so inviting for everyone. And if any other thing doesn't uh, make you go to see this, I think some of the, the cameos that were in there were worth the weight Mm -hmm. of the movie uh, in general, because they're unexpected and, and they are used, I think, to perfection the way they did them. So, yeah, I really can't speak highly enough about Free Guy. I really enjoyed it. All right, Yasha, what'd you think of it? 
Yeah, I, I mean, I'm going to have to echo what Bobby said. Honestly, uh, the longer the longer you watch the movie, the the better it gets. It really does a great job of ha- hiding what it is, what it's about, but at the same time showing you exactly what it's about, especially in the title. I mean, it's it's um has double meanings throughout the entire the entire movie, and they do a lot of those nods and do a lot of those you know video game nods and and clips and the cameos um the longer you watch honestly the further i got into the movie the more i just ended up liking it especially towards the end it was a fantastic movie a fantastic fantastic fun movie definitely has some pg-13 moments like i it it just it really spoke true to that and you know there are some moments where it doesn't necessarily you know you want to might you might want to think twice before you take some of the kids to go see it but that's why it's rated pg-13 so I can't, I I want to see it again. I want to see it again and I'll probably see it again in the theater. That's how much I enjoyed the movie. So I really, really, really dug it. So it's just, I can't say enough good things about it. Yeah. Again, as I've mentioned on the show before, I mean, this was one that uh, I definitely want to see. Uh, I didn't, I didn't skip it this weekend out of lack of desire. It's just where we are here, at least in Florida with COVID. I'm not, I'm kind of back to, I'm not going to a movie theater right now. Um, it's going to be tough with, uh, what is it? Shang-Chi coming up. Like I, a couple of weeks, I don't know yeah. where I'm going to be with that at that point. <laughs> it it's, it's frustrating. Um, you know, which can start a, a whole nother debate too of, I guess, Disney and Marvel's decision to, decide to put that exclusive in theaters when they didn't with black widow and where we are with COVID now versus where we were when black widow came out. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but okay. Um, but, Oh, go ahead, Bobby. You want to say something? Well, I was going to say, I think, uh, the, I won't say it makes sense, but I understand why it probably won't go to, um, Disney plus. And my guess is that, all eyes are on them right now because of everything that happened with uh, Black Widow and, and what's going on yeah. with her, them and Scarlett Johansson. So now if all of a sudden they were to decide to put uh, Shang-Chi on Disney+, Plus, I'm sure those actors are going to be like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Uh, we had a deal for theatrical as well. So what's going on here? So right, unless yeah. they decide to go to the table which again will open a can of worms because they didn't with Scarlet. So mm-hmm. they're in a tough position. I don't think that they, I think inside the halls, they would love to put it on Disney plus uh premiere, but they probably feel like if they do, then that will probably not be a good look for them. So they kind of have to keep it in theaters, even if they wanted to move it to Disney plus. Yeah. No, I get that for sure. I think that's where we're at with that too, is um, with the, the, whole, the whole Disney Plus thing and with the you know theatrical release. I just don't think that they're going to test the waters anymore when it comes to that. I think that they push the limits a little bit with the Scarlett Johansson thing, and I think that if it's true to form as to regards to what really happened, and you know she has it in her contract that it's supposed to just be a theatrical release, and they basically said, "Hey, screw it, we're going to do this." That's a problem because if they're going to go back on their word and their contracts with, you know, a major A-list star like Scarlett Johansson, if they start doing that with other actors and other talent, that could snowball into a whole problem. And 
nobody's going to go and see, nobody's going to want to work with them anymore if they just can't keep their word when it comes to a contract that they have legally and binding, whether or not you pay her out towards the, the, uh, the later part of that and she wins and they settle. I mean, they got Angelina Jolie to star in a comic book movie. Like if, you know, they decided they wanted to go back on that and she's just like, you know what? I'm done. I'm never doing this, this mm-hmm. shit again or anybody else, you know, some of these A-list actors, because it's like, Everybody knows that they're going after A-list actors to basically build that franchise around these people because they already have a following. But if they start pulling and making decisions based off of like, hey, screw what they want. We're going to do what we want to do, regardless of having a contract or not. I think a lot of A-list talent will essentially just be like, you know what? No, I'm not interested. Thank you. You can't keep your word. There's no reason for me to go ahead and keep going with this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Definitely and I mean, as, as far as the, yeah, as far as the Shang-Chi goes, I mean, I feel like they're already almost like mismanaging that in itself just because um, what did the CEO say recently? He just mm-hmm. said it's like, oh, it's an experiment that we're, you know, working with this this demographic to try and get there. And it's like, this is like, dude, what are you doing? Like, why would you say that? Like, who's your PR person? Like, that's PR 101. Why are you saying it in that context? It's like, if anything, you can say, hey, man, we wanted to branch out and explore all of our common characters, and that's why we're calling it an experiment, but to basically centralize it on the fact that it's like an Asian superstar, and we're not even sure it's going to work, and it's an experiment. It's almost like a backhanded slap that you just already don't believe in the property, in my opinion. I thought that was like kind mm-hmm. of insulting, and when I read that, I just like, like you just you just cringed, David, and it's just like, I was reading, and I was like, you yeah. didn't really say that, did you, dude? Like, <laughs> like, you're the CEO of Disney. Like, call Bob Iger, get on the phone with him, and say, "Hey, man, what should I say when people ask me about this shit?" Because he always did it right. Like, he was always very cognizant of what he was going to say and how he was going to lead into things, especially when it came to branching out even into little lesser known characters in today's day and age. I mean, it's 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 funny that like you know people are so passionate about iron man right now and yeah iron man was big when he when he when they first started the mcu but he was still kind of like a secondary hero like you know a lot of people didn't really know about him or who he was and stuff like that yeah he was a part of the avengers but he was nowhere near massive as he is today right yeah no i reacted that way because i hadn't heard that quote i that's my first time hearing that so that's yeah yeah that's I'll see if I can find it yeah. really quick. What do you guys? Yeah, see if you can find it, Yasha, because um, it's interesting because Bob Chapek is really putting a big target on his back, it's, and it seems to be growing bigger and bigger. Uh, the other thing that kind of came out from that is that he was saying how, you know, the reason that they put Black Widow on Disney Plus Premiere was because he wanted it to reach the widest uh, amount of people possible. And in theory, I, I, I can understand how that makes sense because not every territory was going to be showing Black Widow in the theater. So, but if they have it available to them to watch on Disney Plus premiere, then it gives those people an opportunity and an outlet to watch that. But if that's the case, if that's the words you're using that you want it to be able to be seen by the widest amount of people possible, then what are you saying about? having Shang-Chi only in theaters. <laughs> like, you don't want it to reach the widest amount of people possible. Yeah, it's kind of, right, yeah. it's a weird thing. So, 
yeah, I, I don't know that he's doing himself any favors these days, and it, and it just uh, yeah. seems like at some point it's probably going to reach critical mass, and and some decisions will have to be made over there. Mm. Interesting. All right. Well, moving on. Uh, Bobby, you also saw Respect this week, right? I did. I did, yeah. Well, so, uh, I mean, this movie is uh, following the career of Aretha Franklin, and it stars Jennifer Hudson. Uh, also in it is Forrest Whitaker, and uh, Marlon Wayans is also in it, and Mark Maron is in it. it the What I'll say is that... This isn't a movie I feel that breaks any molds in terms of telling uh, a story of a of an artist that we've known and seen, but maybe don't know all of their story. It follows a lot of those same patterns, and unfortunately, I think it that makes it not really stand out in that respect. Because no pun intended, but it, it's because it's like a lot of these musicians seem to have the same career path in terms of yeah. they start off like kind of poor or whatever. And then they, they, they make it big and then drugs or something get in the way. And then they have a fall from grace and then they kind of, so it, it's almost the same sort of rhythm and beat that they, they seem to go through. What I, what I will say about this movie in particular is, and what may make it stand out in one regard are the performances. I thought in particular, Jennifer Hudson is excellent as Aretha Franklin. They don't do one of those things where Jennifer Hudson is um, lip syncing to Aretha Franklin's music. It's a, it's Jennifer Hudson's voice. She's doing the music of Aretha. And I think that was a, a good choice because it wouldn't have felt as authentic. I think, um, even if you was just using Aretha's music, but just had Jennifer dub, uh, lip syncing, this I think is, in a way, it's a, it's a twofold thing, in that it one showcases just how good of a singer Jennifer Hudson is, and how well she's able to uh, sing these songs that are iconic and classic that Aretha did, but also I think it works to show that it's not like it's trying to fool the audience in any sort of way of making it seem like she's performing as, as Aretha in these instances. And so I, I really think it was, uh, to a service to, for them to have it just be Jennifer doing the, her, her voice singing these songs that everyone knows. And also it helps the fact that Aretha Franklin herself chose to have Jennifer Hudson portray her, for this film as well. So um, those all are all the things that really work well. Again, there's people in there like Forrest Whitaker, and he's always good and stuff, so you know he's going to bring it. But the surprise for me um, in this film in terms of someone I wasn't expecting to be good in it was hmm, that doesn't sound right the way I said it, but it's Marlon Wayans. And it's not that I didn't expect him to be good, in terms of thinking, oh, he was not going to be um, a good actor or anything. It's just that this character that he portrays, I think he pulls it off so well. And he does some sort of um, affect to his voice 
in sounding like this character. I don't know if this if this person sounded like that in real life. I didn't do that research, but it, I felt like it it added something to that performance of him doing that as, as opposed to j- him just using his his normal natural voice and doing this performance. But I thought I came away from it being like, man, okay, yeah, he did a a really good job in that role, and and I was uh kind of sort of doing like a little silent platform because I, I think that a lot of times he's just so um, pigeonholed into doing comedy and humor that you don't see him step out from that very often. And I thought he did a good job in this. But aside from that, I think that I hesitate to say it's by the numbers, but it, it, it's kind of by the numbers for for the most part. There's a couple things in there that I really didn't know about the Aretha Franklin's life that was really quite shocking and um yeah i literally had my mouth open at one point in the movie but um aside from that it's 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 a movie that follows those similar patterns but by all means it's something that i feel if people want to see great performances and want to learn a little bit more about aretha franklin's life it's a movie worth watching i don't know that it's necessarily worth going to the theater to check out as opposed to waiting until it comes available on VOD or at home. I don't know why, but I felt that um, I, uh, as far as Marlon Wayans goes, I'm just going to interject there. Like I could tell just Mm -hmm. in the clips alone, it looked like he was just going to put everything into that movie. Like I know he does get pigeonholed a lot for his, um, his comedic performance. But I think he has a lot of talent that's just kind of untapped when it comes to doing other things. But everybody sees him and they think Norbit, White Chicks, you know, all of those, you know, raunchy comedies that he does that it is his bread and butter. But I think the guy has talent. I think he's funny. I think he, you know, he has that gift to really transform into a role. And I hope to see him do more stuff because just from from the clips that I've seen with him in this movie, I was just like, this guy's going to really really get some attention for this because i think he really really does something special yeah he does and then yeah for me with this movie um i mean like you mentioned the the formula of like this kind of biopic is like when i watched the trailer i was like if i watch it it will be for the performances the the musical performances the acting performances but the actual story, not that I am not interested in the story of Aretha Franklin, but it does just look so like true to form with these kind of mm. biopics that I'm like, it, it, it takes away my interest a little bit. Yeah, I get that. I get that. But the performances are there for yeah. sure. Jennifer Hudson kills it with the singing. But yeah, sure. uh, aside from that story wise, it's not going to be altogether too shocking there are some shocking things in there but for the most part you can kind of guess the the ebb and flow of it right uh you also bobby watched uh don't breathe too how was that yep i did um this is the sequel obviously to don't breathe and if anyone's familiar with that or not it's uh stars stephen lang and he plays this uh character that's blind and uh, in the first movie some people trespass into his home and uh he ends up kind of going on on a bit of a a a killing spree of these characters and and it's kind of in that way one of these horror movies where it takes a, a 
somewhat of a grounded, believable person and, and makes it into a, a, a film where they're the boogeyman, so to speak. And when this movie was announced, I remember thinking, okay, maybe I could see where they would make a sequel. But the sequel that they made was not what I would have guessed that they would have done with it. And honestly, the entire time I was watching the movie, I kept thinking to myself, why did they have to do it this way? Like, it it just didn't make sense to me because without giving anything away, and it's in the trailer, you see that in in this sequel movie, uh, you see the character that Stephen Lang is. He has like a young girl with him. And in this movie, he's treated as the protagonist. And there's these these guys that come along that disrupt this kind of familial unit that he has with this him and this girl. And it just felt odd. It just felt very weird because if anyone who has seen the first movie knows, this is not a good dude. He's he's not um, someone you would want to root for. This sequel sets him like it puts him in positions where you want to root for him. And all the while I'm sitting here watching, I was like, I can't root for this guy. <laughs> like I know what he did in that first movie. I I just can't get behind this guy. And you feel for the the girl that's in the in these situations, but it's with him. It's just like I, I and again I kept saying, why did they make it this way? Like they didn't have to go this way with it, and they purposefully tried to put him in a position where you're uh, wanting to root for him, and it just was hard. I could not bring myself to really do it, so it, it felt very odd as of a, as a choice and odd sitting through it and watching it. And while I think there's a lot of elements in it that I, I really kind of thought were well done, and even some of the the story elements of it, it still left me wondering at the end of it, why did they do it this way? And and it, it just I, I could not shake that question. Um, so it really kind of kept me from I would say enjoying it on that level because uh, they were trying to make me root for a bad guy, and and in this way that. Not in the same way that, you know, people root, quote unquote, root for Darth Vader or how people kind of have a fascination with bad guys in in a way that um, is kind of like they're misunderstood or something that they'll root for him in in that way. This isn't that. I mean, he did some heinous things in, in that first movie. So I just don't see how I'm ever supposed to be on this guy's side. So it just made a very strange uh, watching experience. And it's it's hard to say um, that I enjoyed it as a, as a thing of what it is trying to do. But there's things within the movie that I did enjoy seeing and, and some satisfaction of some certain things that happened that I did like, but overall, yeah, it just left me kind of scratching my head as to why they, they made this movie like this. Interesting. So yeah, that's don't breathe too. Also only in theaters, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Yasha, you found that quote. Yes, I did. So what I really, what he was more referring to, but it was also just kind of wildly insulting was that he, in my opinion, 
um, is when he's talking, when Bob Shapek was talking about Shang-Chi, uh, he said, it's an interesting experiment for us because it's only a 45 day window in theaters. Shapik was referring to how the film would be released exclusively to movie theaters in a coronavirus affected market, while the companies that were live action summer offerings under Disney and Marvel umbrellas, Cruella, Black Widow, Jungle Cruise, all had simulate simultaneous video on demand releases. Anyways, um, the star of Shang-Chi shot back at him, and I think that he was right to do so. It's just like I like I said, it's like I don't think it's right for him to refer to them as a an experiment, whether or not, you know, to see if, Hey, are people going back into the theaters or whatnot? He says, we are not in it. We are not an interesting experiment. We are the underdog, the underestimated. We are the ceiling breakers. We are the celebration of culture and joy that will preserve the embattled year. We are the surprise. Lou wrote on Instagram. I'm fired the fuck up to make history on September 3rd. Join us. And if people show out for this movie and break records and really kind of get into it, I couldn't be, I won't be, I don't know how happy I'll be for it. I, I'll be ecstatic because I think the movie looks amazing. And hopefully with the excitement that the actor, the director and everybody that's involved conveyed at Comic-Con and continues to, you know, rally behind and support, I really, really am excited to see this movie do well. And I hope that it is a, a new, new, uh, new story that we can really get behind and see a lot of because sometimes these original IPs um, are just groundbreaking and they're huge and they're so much fun to watch. And I think this is a character that we can all get behind and say, Hey, Lila, yeah, let's more have a little bit more excitement and, you know, it brings a different, um, different line of storytelling and I'm excited to see it. I really am. Well, uh, before we wrap things up, are there any last things anyone wanted to discuss before we get out of here this week? Bobby? Anything I do, but I want to give Yasha a chance to, just in case he has some stuff that he wanted to talk about as well. No, um, not me, man. I'm good. Go for it, Bobby. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I mean, there's a ton of stuff that I've got, but I won't be able to get to it this week. Hopefully, I can get to some um, some more of it next week. That or maybe uh, we should we I, could do like a midweek kind of like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Like, bring it bring, bring us up to speed on what everything yeah, Bobby is saying kind of maybe thing. we'll need to do that because yeah. i'm looking at this list and there's like a ton of stuff that's, <laughs> some of it's pretty old at this point but still yeah um yeah i i will say one thing about a show really quick uh that's on this list that we don't have to really get into very much is that Season three of Titans started this week on HBO Max, and they dropped the first three episodes of that. Uh, it is a weekly show, so after this week, it will just be one episode per week. And I really like this show. It, it, it's a different take on these characters that you've seen. It's, it's kind of like in the vein of the... I want to say Snyderverse, but just maybe those first few DC movies that came out that had a bit of a darker tone to it. That's kind of what this show does. Uh, everything about it is a little bit more elevated. The violence is a little bit higher than what you would see on CW or, or something of that nature. Um, there's a, a lot more adult themes, uh, cussing as well. In fact, I would say that would probably be one of my only 
negatives about this show is the amount of cursing that they do on it, which by no means I'm not a prude or anything, but it's the way that they do it on this show. It's almost like they do it because they can and they want to sort of say, hey, look how adult we are. We can curse every few seconds. Like it doesn't some feel of it just feels, natural. Yeah. Forced. No. It's like, yeah, it feels they're just doing it sometimes. just to do it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's probably my only knock on it. Uh, aside from that, though, I love the action. Uh, uh, the stories are, are good. Um, the amount of different characters that they have in there, I, I enjoy seeing. And so... Um, the first three episodes are out there, and obviously the first two seasons are there as well on HBO Max. So if anyone has any interest in it, I would say give it a shot. Um, to go into the other things that I did see, I wanted to really quickly and briefly touch on the fact that since I missed last week, I also did see The Suicide Squad. Oh, and yeah. I, I forgot we <laughs> haven't talked to you about that. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's why I got notes, guys. I make these notes so that uh, better I remember than for, for everyone else that doesn't. But um, I really don't have much to say about it, honestly, because I think you guys pretty much echoed a lot of the same things that I felt about it as well. I, I don't really think I have anything new to add to what you guys put out there for it. So I'll just say I really enjoyed it and a little bummed that it's not doing as well in the theaters and on at the um H- hbo max as it, it's just, i think it deserves to but hopefully hbo or not hbo but warner sees that the value in it and will try and do some more uh movies in the suicide squad because i, I really thought that they did an excellent job with this one uh let's see as far as anything else uh two other quick little things <laughs> One is I had a chance to see Snake Eyes uh, mm. last week. I think it might have been. And so you were the one. Just, <laughs> yeah. To sum it up, um, it's disappointing. I, I really felt like they missed the mark on this one. And it seems so hard to understand how they missed it. But they have such a good cast and a lot of good people in the movie but I just think that they told the wrong story or told it in the wrong way. And it's unfortunate because there's so much potential there. And I think they kind of wasted it. And I'm, I'm hoping that this doesn't outright kill it. And maybe they can, if they get another chance, they'll learn from it and, and, and improve upon it. And, I, and what I mean by that, I mean this iteration, what we got with these actors and continue that world. Because I already know there's no doubt in my mind that they'll give it another shot. It's Hasbro and it's their IP. And so they're going to keep giving it a shot until it works because it's their IP. They're going to use Transformers, use My Little Pony, use G.I. Joe, all these things that they have in their uh, IP arsenal to keep continually to make stuff for that stuff. So I'm positive they'll give it another shot. I just want them to use what they got and make it better because I think they got the right people. I just don't think they did the right thing with those people. Mm. So unfortunately, yeah, I I wouldn't necessarily say I would recommend snake eyes. Unfortunately, um, movie I would kind of recommend honestly, and it just kind of came out this Friday and it's, uh, on Netflix. It's called Beckett and it stars, um, John, John David Washington. 
and uh, Alicia Vikander is in it as well. And it's an interesting movie in that the the, the sort of general premise of it is that uh, John David Washington and Alicia Vikander are a couple, and they're on vacation in France, um, in Greece, and something happens that kind of catapults them into a, a different thing. And what the movie kind of ends up reminding me of is is it has a, a feeling of the fugitive behind it because he gets himself into some trouble and he's a, 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 a foreigner in, in a strange land to himself. Obviously, most people are going to speak not English. They're speaking, in, uh, what is it, Greece? Is that a... Is that a what language do they speak? I don't even know now. Now that I say it out loud, I don't know that they speak Greece, but Greek. <laughs> I can't think of Greek. Thank Damn. you, Greek. Um, so yeah, he was like, uh, it, it's an interesting concept, and and he's not like this in the movie. The character he's playing, he's not like some covert special ops guy that has all these skills. He's like a regular dude, and he, and so when you see fight scenes it's from the perspective of like yeah that's like a regular fight you know he's not breaking on any you know ninja skills or badass moves or anything so it's it's an interesting movie and i i really kind of um thought it, john david washington once did, again does a really good strong performance in this and in terms of uh the way he's caught up in the situation and and how it unfolds and um, yeah, I really enjoyed it a, a quite a bit, and uh, it just came out this this past Friday on, on Netflix. Nice. Uh, and one quick other thing, David, you mentioned it last week, and I had a chance to watch it as well. And uh, it's called Werewolves Within. Ah, and I I gotta say, uh, I don't. I can't quite remember all that you guys said about it, you and Michelle, Mm -hmm. but I like this movie. And the one word that keeps coming to mind when I think about it is it's a charming movie. And I don't use the word charming when I talk about movies very often, but I can't think of another word that suits this movie. It's, it's funny, but there's this, this quirkiness to it. And I think the quirkiness adds to the charm factor of it. And I really like Sam Richardson and um, Miliana. I can't say her last name. Von Traub. Von Traub or something like that. Yeah. I, I like their chemistry in the movie mm-hmm. as well. And just really enjoyed it. It's, it's just such a, a pleasant kind of movie, even though the circumstances of the movie are, you know, what they are. But without saying too much about it. But I, I really did enjoy it a, a lot. Yeah. No, I enjoyed it too. That was a good one. Charming. There's a part of me is like, is that the right word on you to use on a movie yeah, like this? It's, but, it's, but I guess it yeah. is. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> it is, but yeah, it's it's just that that sense of um, quirkiness. I think that makes gives it the charm. I think, and, and the way that the certain characters play off of one another. I think that makes it to me uh, this kind of charming thing. Yeah, no, but yeah, I agree. Well. If that does it for now, like yeah, I said, maybe maybe we can get together and do another bonus episode. <laughs> we won't count it in our in our long list right. of you know reaching four hundred episodes, where uh, we can catch up on more stuff you've watched, and uh, well, maybe we can do that this week. We'll we'll see. Um, yeah. But in the meantime, 
Uh, We're going to wrap things up. As always, we would love to hear back from everyone listening and watching. Uh, you can email us at feedback at flickereffect.com. If you are watching on YouTube, please leave comments or questions down below. Make sure to like and subscribe, hit that bell icon, you know, all that good stuff. Um, we are actually streaming this episode for the first time this week on Twitch. Um, I didn't mention it earlier because, well, I'm kind of curious to see how it goes. It's our first time streaming on Twitch. Um, but uh, you can find us on Twitch and uh, on Instagram and Twitter, all those places at Flickr underscore effect. Uh, and we also stream these on Facebook as well. Facebook.com forward slash Flickr effect. With that, I am David Lott. Um, Bobby Jackson. And I'm Yasha Wilson. Thanks for listening and watching.